You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Jesus is coming again, is the title of this devotion. For those of us who love the Lord and have been living for Him, that should not be a surprise. (coughs) Excuse me. That shouldn't be something that surprises us. No, that's something we live for. Jesus will appear a second time, the scripture says in Hebrews, apart from wrath, for those who eagerly look for his appearing. Eagerly looking for his appearing is kind of like Simeon and Anna in the temple that we read about in the scripture. I think it's in the Gospel of John when Jesus was brought in for him to be dedicated and so forth. The Bible says that Simeon, being an older man, having been given the promise by the Lord that he would not see death until he had saw, seen the consolation of Israel, the comforter, Jesus coming, was led by the Holy Spirit into the temple and took Jesus as an eight-day-old baby into his hands and prophesied over him, dedicated him to the Lord as such. Of course, he was dedicated to God right from before the foundation of the world. And Anna was also there bearing witness of this. And this was a great display of how God always has those of us who faithfully look for his appearing, who live ready for his coming. And I want to open the scripture with you here from Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 44. Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 44. Now it was about the sixth hour, excuse me, Luke 24. That's why I kind of, here we go. Verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. Jesus here is speaking to his disciples after his resurrection. And I love it. He's already on the other side, but he's appearing on this side because he is eternal life. He has been given the power to appear on this side. And I find that a very important point to make that nobody else has been given the right as a person to appear on this side but the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's appearing on this side to his disciples. And he's saying, while I was still with you, I spoke to you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. I want to encourage you to take that verse 45 out of Luke 24 and begin to meditate on it and pray it. And say, Father, Open my understanding to comprehend the scripture. Lord, I ask you, breathe into me continuously your life-giving spirit that I may comprehend the scripture, that they become life to me and healing to all my flesh. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, listen, 
Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You see, when you're asking people to repent, you're not just asking them to turn away from what is wrong, but to turn to him who is holy and right by which we are saved, to turn to Christ as your savior. The very name Jesus means savior who came into the world to save sinners. So when we say repent, we're not just asking you turn away from what's wrong, but turn to him who is your Lord and savior. And he said, Jesus said to them, now you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Then I go to Acts chapter one, please, starting at verse nine. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, when he had lifted his hands and blessed them. Oh, I love the lifting of hands. When he had lifted his hands and blessed them, he had spoken these things while they watched. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which I believe were angels, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went into an upper room where they were staying and praying. <clears throat> and then they received the Holy Spirit 11 days later after his ascension. And you see, dear friends, this is all phenomenally significant if you study the scripture. What I want you to see that the Lord says here in Acts chapter 2 that the angels said to them, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. It says, and a cloud in verse 9 received him out of their sight. A cloud. Daniel, many hundreds of years before, saw this happening when he says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, I was watching in the night visions. And behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then he, then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people's nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. We'll talk about that later this week. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Oh, I'm so grateful that we have these phenomenal promises in the scripture that this Jesus 
who was taken up into heaven was presented before the Father and to him was given all authority in heaven and earth and all power and dominion and rule and all is subject to Jesus. That's why I would encourage you, place all your trust in Jesus. Look what it says here in Revelations 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kingdoms of the earth, to him who loved us <clears throat> and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings or a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Verse 17, when I saw him, says John, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid, John. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Hades is the abode of the dead, which I'm going to talk about this week as well. What I want you to hear, my dear friends, is that Jesus is coming again. You see what made the early church so powerful, enduring, persevering, is because they kept looking for the appearing of the Lord. They knew that Jesus was in heaven. That Peter would say here in the book of Acts, he said, he says, um, oh, look at it. He says in verse 19 of chapter 3 of Acts, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Jesus is in heaven awaiting that moment when the Father says, Son, go get my children. Go gather my church from the farthest heaven to the farthest parts of the earth. Where did you get that? That is here in Mark chapter 13. Verse 26, then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send his angels to gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest parts of earth to the farthest parts of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. What a day that shall be when Jesus we will see and be gathered before his throne to the praise and the glory of his accomplished work so that he may present us to the Father holy 
and without blaming his love. And nothing can stop him from accomplishing this that has been given to him by the Father because the Father himself brings glory and praise to the accomplished work of Jesus. We are that accomplished work. We are his handiwork. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, recreated in Christ for the good works the Father has prepared for us to walk in. Dear friends, I want to encourage you. You've got to have something more to look forward to than just the next holiday or the next toy that you get to enjoy from this world's things. You've got to have a hope that is greater than that. You've got to have a joy that's greater than that because none of that will be sufficient to calm the inner hunger and thirst for satisfaction. We were predestined to be sons and daughters of God before the foundation of the world. And now we have been begotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, reserved in heaven for us who are being kept by the power of God unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day, Peter says in 1 Peter starting at verse 3. Oh friends, when that hope When that excitement of what's predestined to you and me begins again to be stirred up by the scripture and by the spirit. And again, we begin to bow down our heads in prayer and say, Lord, Lord, I want to be in that number singing glory. Hallelujah. Jesus lifted me. I want to be in that number we used to sing when I was a little boy. No, no, I will never forget. I think I was maybe 13 or 14 or 15, maybe 15 by this time. Yeah, 16 maybe, 15, 16, not 13, 15, 16 for sure, 16, sorry. I'm just all of a sudden realizing, okay, no, 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 no. By that time I was 16, maybe 17 almost, right? 16 for sure. And I was staying with my sister Esther and her husband Jerry, dear friends, I love them deeply in their family, in upstate New York. And in those days, they lived in something called Outlook Farm in a little village called Windsor in upstate New York, right by Susquehanna River. That was right there, you could see it in front of you. And I had gone out with my worldly friends into the world and my father and my mother and some of my other brothers and sisters and other friends were visiting. And they were all at the farm and I'd gone out with my worldly friends. Well, I came back, they dropped me off and I walk up the long pathway to the house and all the lights are on and all the cars are there, all the cars. Now one was missing. And the door, front door was closed. I had long curly hair in those days and a scruffy little mustache and small little beard looked pretty rough. And the door was locked. So I could walk on this little bitty ledge and look into the living room and I could see the TV on and I literally saw cups of coffee on the table that were still warm. But there was nobody there this strange little inkling in my heart. I didn't want to admit what it was. I didn't want to even think what it was. I'll tell you in a minute. So I run around the house, climbed up the side a little bit, and I could just look into the kitchen. 
and I could see the pots on the stove with the gas hob burning, but nobody there. Now, now, the inkling becomes a raging torment of fear. Jesus has returned and I was left behind. Because Jesus says this in Luke 21 and Matthew 24, one will be taken, the other will be left. I ran into the barn, got a long ladder out, put it up to the side of the house, climbed in through the toilet window, and I'm going everywhere. Every room, all the lights are on, nobody's there, nobody's there. I run to all these different rooms of this big house, and I came into this one room, and there was Roberto, our family friend who always was with us, Roberto. And if anybody was a Christian, I knew Roberto was a Christian, and he was there. Jesus could not have come yet and left Roberto behind, that's for sure. <coughs> and when I saw Roberto, I shouted, you're here, you're here. And he looked at me like, what's the matter? I said, Roberto, where's everybody? Where's everybody? He said, the farmer from next door came by with the flatbed and he wanted to just show them his barn and he all hopped on top of it and, and fun, they were all going over there. They'll be back in just a minute. Oh my goodness, I had the scare of my life. Jesus had returned and I was not ready for his bearing. And I knew I wasn't ready, folks. I knew I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't living by faith in him daily. I knew I wasn't, I hadn't repented. You cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. James warns us that a double-minded man must not expect he'll receive anything from God who is unstable in all of his ways. We cannot keep our foot in the world and our other foot in the kingdom of God and think that we'll be acceptable that way. Nobody would want to marry somebody who is still devoted to somebody else. When you make your vows in a wedding, you say forsaking all others until death do us part. And you see, friends, the same is true in our relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to turn your whole life over to Him. You have to surrender your whole heart to Him. My mother, around that time, put her hand on my shoulder and she said, Robert, Robert, you, that's Dutch. Robert, you have to surrender your whole life to Jesus. And it wasn't just my mama saying. It was the Spirit of Christ calling me, calling me, calling me. How often has the Spirit of the Lord Jesus interceded with you and me? Open your heart to me. Open. I stand at the door, Revelations 3, verse 20, 21, 22, and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens unto me, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Let us hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. If ever, if ever there's a time for us to be wholly devoted to Jesus Christ, to keep our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith, it is today. 
I want to plead with you. If there's any half-heartedness in you, if there's any compromise in you, and you know it is compromise, come to Jesus. Say, Lord, wash me in your blood. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, I want to be wholehearted, consecrated, dedicated to you, Lord. I want to live to your glory and praise that the Father may be glorified in me through you, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me, save me. And I promise you the good work, Philippians 1 verse 6, that the Lord Jesus has began by calling you, by drawing you. He will perfect that which concerns you. He will conquer that part of you that is still not dedicated to Him, that's still wayward, wandering. No, my dear friends, let's not have wandering hearts. One moment we're wholly dedicated and we're in love with Him and we love His blessed presence manifesting itself in me and the next moment we're idolatrous after the world in our affection for the passing pleasures of this life and we're not wholehearted trust Jesus. He is able to bring you through into complete consecration, dedication as He forever, through the one sacrifice of Himself, cleanses you inwardly and presents you holy and without blame in His love. Come, my dear friends, have faith in Jesus to prepare you and grant you the high privilege and joy of living ready for His appearing. I quoted it already to you, but let me read it to you here in closing. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again, brought us forth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are being kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming. Let's look. Let's look for His coming. And let's live ready for His appearing so that we may be caught up together with Him and He may present us in Him, holy, acceptable, and well-pleasing to the Father. Amen. Have a good day.